You're tuned in to the Spiced Up Sports Podcast, where we give you an inside look at 7-on-7 football with your host, Ben Spicer. Hey everyone, what is up? Welcome back into another episode of Spice Up Sports Coach's Corner. We've got the man himself, James Champagne, hailing from San Antonio, joining us again here for another episode. We took a couple weeks off, but we are back and better than ever for our brand new topic this week. We're going to talk about getting and staying hungry. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Coach Champagne on with us now. It's been a couple weeks since we've recorded one, so we appreciate everyone's patience. And, Coach, I appreciate your patience. It seems like I've been all over the place the last couple weeks, but it's good to to sit down and and have another discussion with you. And uh, I know I told you this just a couple seconds ago before we started recording, but happy belated birthday. You were hard at work. Uh, Tell us what's going on. You've been – we've been talking seven-on-seven, but you're taking on a different avenue with your coaching here over the next couple months. Yes, sir, I am. Uh, I mean, first and fore- uh, foremost, I appreciate your time, your flexibility. You are a, uh inspiration being around the world, doing something that you love to do. So I appreciate that. Um, I am transitioning back to the fall tackle scene. It's that time of year. Nice. Um, and I have uh, the opportunity and the pleasure and the duty and responsibility to be the head coach for a six and seven U um, tackle football team in the San Antonio area, uh, Northeast Converse area. So I'm forever grateful for that. Um, It's a different organization from the Ducks. So I do 707 with the Ducks, but for my tackle team, excuse me, um, I coach for the Venom. They okay. are the Judson Youth Sports Federation Venom. So um, they are connected to Converse and they are connected to the Judson High School area. So um, that's what that youth organization kind of feeds into the Judson, uh, the Judson High School team. So, Well, great. That's awesome. And, and that kind of yes, kind of ties into to what we're going to discuss, you know, uh, on this Latest episode, uh, we wanted to introduce a new topic. Uh, we're going to talk, you know, about getting and staying hungry uh, as a coach and as an athlete and as a team, really. So you hear that term so often used in sports and in life, hungry. Uh, break it down. What what does it mean to be hungry? Uh, so for me, uh, I believe the term hungry in sports uh, means that you're starving means that you desire something. Um, you feel for something. Um, having a motto, uh, having a motive, um, having a why, having a purpose for why you do what you do, uh, whether that's a player, whether that's a position coach, a coordinator, a head coach, um, water person, trainer, whatever, like, um, that's that's pretty much it. You have to have that desire, and you gotta really feel what you what you want. So that's what hunger means to me in the sports aspect. 
and it's not you know it's not just oh i, I really want to eat <laughs> you think of hungry and, and you think of that uh but it's something that you hear a lot i think it's like one of the the buzzwords in sports now you know coaches talk about building a culture coaches talk about having their players be hungry do you feel like that's something you just have though like you know how you can't really coach speed that was always a thing people said you can't coach speed now we're seeing all the speed training so i guess you can coach speed uh, but can you coach a kid to be hungry, or is it just a situation where you, you got it or you don't? Uh, I mean, that's situation dictates. I think it's a bit of both. Um, I feel that um, hunger, kids initially having hunger, I don't feel it's as strong as it was when I played. Mm. Uh, however, I do feel that um, it's possible to – instill that hunger mentality um kids that normally have that bite have that dog mentality as people say that desire that feel and that purpose for doing something um that's great for a kid to initially have but as a coach um i feel that you have to kind of know how to navigate that right you know teach teach that kid how to utilize that aggression in the right way kind of what coach boone said i remember titans you know uh um, harnessing that aggression into a team effort right. to achieve victory. So having that self-control, um, as far as instilling, you can instill, you can still, you can instill those traits of desire, those traits of uh, identifying why I'm out here at football practice. Why? What's my purpose out here? Even to the six and seven U level, um, you have to use different words and terminologies and uh, metaphors and things, but. It's, it's possible. It's a doable task. So and I think it kind of correlates, you know, with having a, having a strong work ethic. If you're hungry, you're working hard, you're doing that extra work to get to that level you want to be or to, to reach your goals or, or whatever it is that you want to do. So that's why it's important for me, you know, being hungry. Uh, how does that pertain to our last discussion in terms of, of having and maintaining success? And, and why do you feel that being hungry is important as a coach or, or as an athlete? So I feel hunger is important because um, you won't maximize uh, you won't maximize the potential of your opportunity if you don't desire that opportunity. Uh, from a coach's lens, I feel it's your duty to instill characteristics into your team and even into your players individually. You have your ultimate team characteristics, uh, whether it's I'm going to be a hard-nosed football team or I'm going to be a strategist. Um, and then once you do that, you have to go down to the lower levels to every individual player, not making it, oh, it's about I, or it's about me, but you have to build those individual relationships. There's some kids where you can get animated with them and make them an example, you right. know, um, out there on the football field, but there's others where you have to be like, hey, go to them, go to them where people can't hear, but go to them in public pull them on the side on the field, pull them in the game field and just pull them close and say, hey, man, like, you know, you're messing up or, hey, you need to tighten up. Right. You know what you're doing. So it's just about knowing your players. Um, you have to identify and express the expectation up front. And then you have to demand and consistently enforce the expectation, even when it seems painful, even when it seems repetitive, even after success. Uh, so that's how I feel about that. So – being a coach, how does that work as a coach? You know, what do you have to do in order to do that? And then how do you get 
all your other coaches on that same page and that same level of having the the same amount of hunger? Um, so you have to you have to address the elephant in the room from the beginning, and that goes to tryouts. That goes to on the youth level, the first days of conditioning, the first days of install. Um, you have to express what what your expectation is. And for me as a coach, one of my expectations is hungry mentality. Uh, we want to teach the kids to give energy while they're out here. Being out here is not enough. Um, and we even tell our 7U kids that, you know, being out here at football practice isn't isn't enough you know you have to you have to work harder than the person that's next to you you have to run faster you have to run harder you have to um go through the drills with a little bit of mean streak so um you gotta really you you gotta express it from the get-go and you have to enforce it it's so pain it, it can come off as painful i'm telling you from experience um it's even with my 14U, 7U, 9U, 12U, I would go home and I would I, I would be kind of sad, you know, kind of borderline depressed a bit saying, dang, you know, I was really hard on that kid. Or, hey, I, I really put those kids through hell through practice today. Yeah. But it's for a greater good. And I feel that uh, am I perfect? Absolutely not. But I feel that the point gets across, and most importantly, I feel that whatever I do, whatever my actions are, um, they respect they they are respected by the kids and the parents. Um, the parents tell me that voluntarily. Uh, the kids that are able to text and have their own phones, they stay in contact with me. I had so many kids um, that called or text me happy birthday. I had kids mm. who didn't have phones. They got on their parents' phone wow. and text me. You know what I mean? That's um, awesome. I had a kid. He's on my. He's in the same organization I coach with for tackle, but he's nine U. But I haven't coached him physically on my team since basketball the year before COVID. So 2019, he wrote me a card from wow. school, like a like a marker, a card. And I had one of my 14 U kids. Uh, he had his mom bring him to the store, got me a card, and got me a Chick-fil-A card. Um, I got another kid, even though my birthday was yesterday, he's adamant and telling his mom, uh, he's a 12-year kid, hey, hey, coach, what's your favorite team? Uh, I'm going to the mall to get you something. I've been working hard just to get you a gift like so. Um, you don't do it for those rewards. You don't do it for the pat on the back or the good job, coach, but – those things, in my opinion, reflect that, hey, as painful as it may come off or as cool as it may come off, these kids respect uh, the expectation that I've expressed and enforced. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to, to get that positive feedback and, and you know, to have, have it obvious that not only do they respect you, but they care about you, too. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I've kind of relate to this, you know, uh, I've never coached, but I, when I was in college, I worked as a, a manager for UPS, and right. so I had two different two different areas that I worked. Uh, one pretty much did their own thing; they did, they did things for themselves. They had been there for for longer than I had even been born. Some of them, uh, so I didn't really have to coach them up. You know, they they knew what I they knew what they needed to do, so I just stayed out of their way. And mm -hmm. they were they were hungry. They were like a well oiled machine. 
basically I just made sure they didn't kill each other, you know? <laughs> and so I, I had another area uh, that was all college kids. And that was the area where it was, okay, how are you guys doing? Are you okay? I had to stay on top of them to make sure things got done. So I think that kind of correlates to, you know, managing different age groups or experience Absolutely. levels and things like that. And, and that kind of takes me into to what I want to talk to next. You know, you've coached a lot of different age groups. Uh, so how do you make sure as you get ready to, to be with these seven new kids that they've got the same hunger as maybe your 14 you or do you even approach it like that? You know, it's so different for them at right. such a young age, like it is, you know, when I worked in UPS, it's just, it's different experience levels and, and things like that for those that have been there longer or have played longer or have been around the game longer. So how do you keep the younger kids hungry like the older kids or, or do you even do that? Uh, so I like to be unique and different. A lot of uh, per people have that mindset of, oh, oh, they're so young. You can't be as hard on them as you were with 14U because they're high school. But age is nothing but a number. Um, when you when you get into life, no one's going to care how old you are and things of that nature. So I don't. I, I don't I don't uh, I don't take away that approach. I don't eliminate that approach of, oh, I'm not going to teach the six and seven year olds to be hungry because they're too young. Right. What I like to use is modify. Modify right. is change. So use the same approach, the same mindset, but you have to modify it to their level. Six and seven, you know, it's a huge challenge uh, yeah. because you're competing with their tentativeness. Right. Um, you're competing with distractions like on the field, distractions from the parents, distraction from the grass, distraction from the person <laughs> in front of them. Um, you're competing with their inexperience, but it's a doable task. To it, and the doable task is to instill toughness into a six and seven year old kid. Right. How do you do that? Um, do the push ups with them. Uh, when you, when you're showing them the drill race them you know like race them during the drill do the ladder drills with them do the cone drills with them i'm talking about when they are physically going through the line and going through the motions um show them how to give energy how do you show them how to do energy by doing the drills with them mm. by uh even though they're six and seven oh okay it's okay that they messed up they're they're six and seven it's their first time doing the ladder drill no all right hey we're gonna start back Yep. We'll do the same thing 20 times Coach them up. until we get it right. right. Um, so you have to take those those small baby steps, um, you know. And then lastly, uh, with with that, I use – with my 14U kids, I always used to tell them that I don't coach 707 players. I coach football players. So although you're not tackling in the games that I coach you with, but guess what? You're going to go to high school. And when they ask what you did in the spring or uh, who did you play for for 707 or who did you play for in the summer, you're going to say my name. Mm -hmm. And you're going to say the organization I coach with. And then and then I'm going to have to come to the school with a visitor pass <laughs> and see what you're doing. Right. Are you doing what right looks like or not? Um, because everything you do is a representation of me. Absolutely. Everything I do away from you is a, re is a representation of you as a player. So with my six and seven-year-olds, I use that same approach, but I translate it to being a student of the game in the ways of 
a six and seven year old, you can show them what a B gap is. Right. It's doing the alphabets, A, B, C, D. Um, you can show them what the three hole is. You know, you can show them what the six hole is. You can tell them that, hey, even, even numbers are to the right, odds are to the left. And it's kind of showing them education too, which can what translate to school, translate yeah. to the, to the, uh, to the home. So, uh, I've been able to do that with a variety of my age groups, six, seven, nine, 12, 14, 10, you doesn't matter. And at that age, I feel like you're more, uh, trying to build a love for the game of football. Yes. Yes. And you build that love in my opinion, you build that love by being a student of the game. Yeah. Anybody can run fast. Anyone can catch. Anyone can throw the ball. Um, all kids are fast and in shape at that age. So right. um, you have to build, a, in my opinion, you have to build a love in the game through the education piece. Um, and that education piece will create that desire to continue to, to, to do that. That hunger to, okay, I know what that drill is. Oh, oh, I remember that drill with the three cones. I did that last year or I did that last week. Right. So you can empower these young six and seven year old humans to to know something simple as I play linebacker rather than, oh, I'm the one that hits the guy with the ball. <laughs> no, you can say linebacker. You know, I don't. Don't put Eric Thomas, a motivational speaker, he he would say something on the lines of don't put your limitations on me. So because of their age or because of their inexperience or this is their first year playing tackle, I'm not going to put limitations on a kid and call the linebacker position Superman. <laughs> no, you once they know what linebacker is or once you have gone over it two, three times maybe, to get them over the hump for that game, you can probably call it Superman, but what do you do in practice? You revise, you, you go over the things that need to be corrected. Right. You know, so it's kind of a give and take relationship in my opinion. Now or I approach, I should say. I don't necessarily think this is something that you deal with at the younger age, but certainly as you get older uh, and even into college and the professional ranks, and this isn't just, you know, a football thing, but, but in life, uh, complacency, man, I, that's, that's to me, that's the worst thing that we have to deal with as people is complacency, whether that be, you know, you, you reach a certain point in your life and, and you just kind of coast from there and you don't go as hard as you should or, or whatever that may be. I think complacency is such a big problem. So yes, as a sir. coach, as a player, what do you have to do to make sure you continue to stay hungry and you're not getting complacent in your work and your practice and in games and things like that. Uh, so for me as a coach um, and as an adult and a person, community leader, personally, I have to stay the course. Um, how do I stay the course? As hard as it may be, you have to stay on your routine. You got to make a routine. You got to identify the routine and you have to stay on that routine. Um, you can't eliminate can you modify and change? Yes, but not to the point to where you get comfortable. Um, you know, uh, you, you can't get comfortable. You can't get complacent. And trying to eliminate things out of your routine will increase that opportunity to be complacent or comfortable. 
uh, it doesn't matter, man. I mean, it's hard. Like, hey, birthdays. Yeah, my birthday was on a Tuesday. That was my second. That was my second day of conditioning camp. Hmm. I could not miss conditioning practice. Right. Um, even though I didn't have a lot of interaction with just my age, I couldn't miss conditioning practice because it was my birthday. Um, if it's Christmas, yeah, I don't expect you to go to the gym three hours a day, but if you said you wanted to do something, you might have to do a home workout. You know what I mean? If right. you want to be a uh, scientist, you can't spend five, six hours on Christmas day, but you need to read a simple science article while you're in the bathroom. You can, and that's the modified piece rather than eliminating it completely out your routine. Um, and when you do that as a coach, when you do that as an adult, and when you do that as a community leader, you are being an example to the kids uh, that you are responsible for. And 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 to me, that feels that makes me feel like you are a transparent leader. Because you're, you're, you're showing and modeling, physically modeling to these kids that, hey, this coach, he goes through things too. Yes, he's hard on me. He's uh, he, he gets on me for every single detail. But you know what? He's out here with a torn ACL and he's still mm-hmm. coaching us in a wheelchair. Or he's still coaching us with crutches and he's sitting in a chair. So he's not just yapping and yelling, but not practicing what he's preaching. Absolutely. So, well, this is another another great topic of discussion, and I appreciate you again for your time. And I think this is something this this might be you know one of the most important things we've talked about yet because staying hungry regardless of we're not I mean, we're not just talking about football, and, and I'm guilty of this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have that type of mentality to succeed in life. You can't get complacent, and you mm-hmm. always have to be looking for ways to change and evolve. And people talk about how important it is to have a routine, but I also think it's beneficial to mix things up. That way you don't get, you know, set in your ways and you don't get tired of, of the routine that you go through yep. every day. I was about to say that you have to, you got to modify, you got to find new motives. You have to find new whys. You have to find new purposes. Um, whether that's, you know, you might have to podcast, you might have to write in a journal and keep it to yourself. Um, you know, that's, that's the way those are ways where you can be honest, you know, honest and be like, Hey, I do mess up. Hey, I do feel tired. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's a machine. You doing routine suck, doing, doing the right thing. Um, when nobody is watching, it, it does suck, you know, doing the right thing all the time. When you see other people around you not doing the right thing, it sucks, but it has to be done, especially and especially if your why holds weight and your purpose holds weight. So um, that's that's what I teach my kids, you know, uh, that you got to you gotta be hungry on this football field, but guess what? That, being hungry on this football field will translate you at home with your chores. If you got five siblings, you better be the best bed maker in the house. You better be the best bed maker in the, you know, on your block. That's how serious it is. If you got that mentality for making up a bed, you don't have that mentality on your exams. You're going to have that uh, mentality when you are uh, applying for a summer internship. You know, there's five people that apply, but there's only three slots. What, you know, what's going to be the reason why your name is still in the stack to get selected? Mm. 
So they can only be they can only be one number one. They can only be they can only be that specific number. If it says three, just because five people applied, those two people that were at the bottom bracket, they're not just going to give it to you because you applied. Nobody's going to care about that. So what are you doing to separate yourself from your peers? Yeah, there's always um, a bigger bigger picture involved. Yeah. I think that's, yep. yes, that's important to keep in mind. Uh, kids, if you're listening, there's always a, a greater purpose, and you might not see it now, but – when you get old like me and coach, you're definitely going to look back and, and, and <laughs> realize that, that your coaches weren't lying to you and they actually did care about you as you get older. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, appreciate you again uh, for joining us. We'll, we'll have a, a newer episode coming out uh, sooner than we did this episode. Again, we apologize for that. But, Coach, as always, appreciate your time and looking forward to how the season goes on the tackle side of things for you. Uh, we'll get an update from you on the next episode on how things are going. Yes, sir. And um, I'll, I'll get with you offline and maybe see if uh, – maybe if uh, – get, get with you offline and try and get you connected with that organization. and Maybe you can uh, – come by one weekend for all the age groups and try and do some work and, you know, get, get that face time with those kids. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon for another new episode of a spiced up sports until then. Thank you guys for tuning in and have a great rest of your day.